This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And I just got the answer I was looking for in our last segment on the flu, and I probably should have checked before we uh, let our last guests go, but there are apparently a total of a million doses of the high-dose flu, uh, and that's 200,000 more doses than last year, and uh, there are 4.6 million seniors. So you can do the math on that, but still pretty good. Anyway, we are moving to our next subject. And as I said, this weekend, we turned the clocks back and I want to know how you are feeling this Monday morning. There's evidence that even though it's just an hour, it affects our bodies like jet lag. And after a time change, there are more collisions on our roads and more heart attacks and strokes, which is why a lot of people want to eliminate the practice of changing the clocks. British Columbia has introduced new legislation to that effect. The province apparently wants to make daylight saving time permanent, while some experts say it should really be standard time that should be permanent. I want to hear from you. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And now we are going to Dr. Patricia Lakin-Thomas, who is an associate professor in the Department of Biology at York University, and Miriam Judah, who is a researcher at Simon Fraser University's Circadian Rhythms and Sleep Lad. Welcome to you both. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting Thank you me. Thank you for having me. And hello, Miriam. Okay. Hello. You know each other. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's get right into it there. So let's start with Dr. Lakin Thomas. Uh, so first of all, is it a good idea to get rid of this thing? Oh, definitely. There's uh, plenty of evidence that it doesn't do us any good and it's doing us some harm. So you've already mentioned the spring forward in April that we get uh, a, a spike in car accidents and workplace injuries, spikes in heart attacks and stroke. I've even seen a reference to some evidence that judges give out tougher sentences to criminals in the few days after the spring forward. There might Uh, be people who say that's a good thing. (laughs) Well, um, we could discuss that another time, but uh, it's probably because the judges are a little bit sleep-deprived and grumpy, having lost an hour of sleep. Um, They... uh, the fall seems to be easier on us because we are, in the spring, we're losing an hour of sleep. So everyone's going to be a bit sleep deprived. And in the fall, you get to sleep in for an hour on Sunday morning, which is fine because we're all sleep deprived anyway in our society. And it seems like it's a little easier for our biological clocks to adapt in the fall because it's closer. We're going to be moving closer to our body time. And I think that's the real issue we want to discuss. 
what is our body time? Um, Miriam, Judah, there yeah. seems to be, there is a move afoot in British Columbia because there is proposed legislation. Uh, so, yeah, it, so unfortunately in the wrong direction. So British Columbia wants to move, move forward legislation to have permanent daylight saving time and not permanent standard time. So we wrote a letter, an open letter here, um, uh, a few scientists from circadian rhythm, specialized in circadian rhythms and sleep and mental health and safety. Uh, we wrote a letter uh, to the British Columbia warning about the health uh, and safety implications of permanent daylight saving time versus permanent standard time. Okay, so let's get at, but presumably you agree that we should get rid of this changing the clocks thing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's daylight saving time that is uh, causing a problem. So uh, standard time is much more aligned to sun time. So, for example, when it is noon under standard time, the, the time that we have right now, so when it is noon, that is about midday uh, when it comes to sun time. And our circadian clock is aligned to sun time. It's not aligned to, our, uh, to the time on our watch. And what happens with daylight saving time is that now we are moving all our social schedules, such as work, uh, school start time, one hour earlier. Uh, now, our circadian clock still being aligned to sun time. That means that not, so now suddenly there's a misalignment between our social schedules and our circadian clock. So we have to get up an hour earlier, physiologically speaking, when we're still physiologically sleepy. And also, it cuts on our sleep duration. Uh, we're not getting enough sleep. And it's not just that one night after the time change in spring, but it actually the sleep deprivation continues over many months afterwards because we are misaligned. So we have to get up an hour earlier, but most of us are not going to bed an hour earlier because our seeking clock is keeping us uh, too awake in the evening. And uh, then doc- also we have this, this circadian disruption, which we call social jet lag. Okay. Uh, Dr. Lakin-Thomas, uh, let's try to explain this a slightly different way. So one uh, one option, I, th- I think the daylight saving uh, will give you more hours of uh, of of light in the morning or the afternoon, and just explain the two options there, please. Right. Well, um, daylight saving time is going to give us more light in the afternoon, and that's what we are on in the summer. So that's summertime. Standard time uh, gives us more light in the morning, and that's what we've moved to now. Uh, the thing about the human clock, and Miriam will be able to speak to this better than I can, uh, is that the human clock really needs to be reset by light in the morning. We have a clock that runs a little bit slow, and it needs to be uh, advanced. It needs to be speeded up a bit, and it's the light in the morning that will shorten it, speed it up a bit. Light in the afternoon is actually going to lengthen the clock and slow it down a bit and make us want to stay up later, and then we want to get up later in the morning. And that puts us further out of step with our social clock. And that's what Miriam was talking about, social jet lag. You feel like you're jet lagged a little bit every day. So the uh, light in the afternoon sounds great, and that, I think, is why daylight saving time has been popular with the public. When you talk about it, they say, great, we want light in the afternoon to do more activities after work, but it's going to make it harder for us to adapt to that social schedule. The light in the morning is what we really need, and that's what we'll get better with standard time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the the light in the morning, and that so that it does. It, you know, we don't have to spend so much time in the dark in the morning as we do. You know, um, in October before we change the clocks, right? That's right. So in the winter, especially in a northern country like Canada, if we have daylight saving time year-round, people are going to be getting up as much as two hours before dawn and going to work while it's still dark, never seeing any light in the morning, really. Uh, so what we want is to try to maximize the possibility that people are going to be able to get some daylight uh, in the morning to reset their clocks every day, shorten our lengthening clock, lengthening clock, and uh, keep us in step with the uh, sun and with the social schedule better. Okay, I'm going to take a call from William in Mississauga. Hi, William. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Not bad at all. Uh, they're, they're basically going the way I wanted to be because uh, I said to your fellow there on the phone, if we don't set our clocks back in the winter, our, if you live in a rural area, there's no street lights on the street. So our kids will be standing out there in the dark waiting for the school bus. Yeah, but they won't with standard time. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's why I, I, I if we were going to adapt anything, I'd, I'd go with uh, daylight saving time because then the kids... No, the, well, you'd go with standard time. Daylight saving time gives you more light in the afternoon. Oh, okay. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's the other way around. Sorry. It's daylight saving time gives you more light uh, in the evening. Yeah. Yes, that's what I said, in the mm-hmm. afternoon, evening. And standard time, which we have now, gives you more in the morning. So your kids aren't going to school in the dark. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what and I'd do you like think, to... William, do yeah. you think we should have that all year round, not change the clocks? I really don't care either way. I grew up with it, so it, it doesn't bother me. It, uh, I've worked shift work and everything, so getting up at any time of the day, it really doesn't bother me, right? But uh, I'm more concerned about uh, in the rural areas, the kids uh, waiting for a school bus in the dark. Okay, thanks for that. Okay, bye. Bye. Dr. Lakin Thomas, uh, you know, I know that in terms of jet lag, general jet lag, a lot of people, myself included, uh, take melatonin. Is that something that can help with time changes? Um, The information on melatonin is not as strong as it might be. Miriam, are you better able to discuss this? Yeah, so I think it, 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 it can be used to shift the circadian clock, so we know that. It's just not a magic uh, solution for jet lag. So you have to be very mindful of the time of day that you take the melatonin. Um, so I think uh, in general, it is um, uh, you, 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 you have to read up a little bit on how to use it. Um, that that would be my response. <laughs> okay. Well, apparently you're supposed also, to take it. Shown, it has been shown to be more effective um, for sleep if you need to sleep during the day than at night. So it has been shown to be not very effective uh, for sleeping in the night. Okay. I thought you take it an hour before you want to be asleep. Uh, yeah. So there's research that shows that um, the best you want to phase advance your circadian clock. So, so if that is the goal, you want to uh, sleep earlier, uh, then you should actually take it um, about five hours, four to five hours earlier. 
And also research suggests that microdoses are more effective than the strong doses that we get um, on the market nowadays. Okay, well, uh, I'll have to look at the uh, the most recent research on that before I take a big trip. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know, it's worked for me. Um, let us take a couple of calls. Uh, we've got Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Libby. How are you doing today? Fine. Go ahead. I, you know, when they came up with this, a electricity wasn't very uh, plentiful, and also it was for the farmers. You know, we're no longer an agricultural nation, and the electricity is fairly common. So I think you know it's outmoded that the need for it has gone away. Uh, there's 24 hours in the day when the light is and when the dark is. It doesn't matter. It's going to be a certain percentage of the day one way or the other. And what do you think? Should we get rid of it? Get rid of the yeah, time changes? It's, uh, it, the, the reason was for, was for the farmers uh, could see what they were working at. But now, as I say, very few farmers, and uh, the need is, you know, and the electricity was less common. So uh, there's no need for it in okay. 2019. Yeah. Okay. That's a great, that's a great comment, Stephen. Um it's funny that people always cite the farmers. When I ask people around here, why do you think we started it? I've looked into the history a bit. I can't find any evidence that the farmers ever wanted it. And in fact, the farmers apparently have always disliked the changing of the clocks and really? the daylight saving time. Yeah, so I don't know how the idea got started that was all about farmers. It's an urban um, myth about farmers. It's an urban myth. And it really started yeah. at the end of the 19th century when um, they thought it might be nice to give workers some extra hours at the end of their working day. And apparently a British uh, businessman at the end of the 19th century liked playing golf and he wanted some extra hours to be out on the links and get some golf rounds in. Um, so there's never been a really strong case for it. And the energy savings never actually materialized. That was one thing that drove it in World War One, and again in World War Two, and in the 1970s when people really established daylight saving time, they thought it was going to save energy. And the data shows they it never really worked. It didn't save energy at all. So um, we've never had a really good reason to do it. I think Stephen's comment was great in that we're going to have the same number of hours of daylight no matter when you set your clock. And I think one reason that it's been attractive all this time is it says daylight saving, as if daylight is endangered and we're going to save it. <laughs> it we're not going to create more hours of light in the day. It, I'm, I'm finding your research on the origin of this fascinating because uh, I was even parroting that, that it was for the farmers. And so I'm finding that really interesting. So when you say they, was it that, that influential British businessman who came up with the idea? Well, it was. It was tossed around at the end of the 19th century as something that would be nice for workers to give them light at the end of the day. But oddly enough, it never, it didn't get established in England first. The first place to do it was actually Port Arthur, Ontario in 1908. Wow. And I don't know why, <laughs> but they were the first to come up with it. That. That is fascinating. It really is. Uh, and, and I'm glad that, uh, we stand corrected on the origin of this and uh, stop blaming the farmers. Stop blaming the farmers. Yes. And, uh, the, the other side of this is so the British 
Colombia government is looking at at enshrining daylight saving time. And uh, according to my information, that's that's based on some kind of poll they took. And of course, right. as with any poll, it depends on how the question was phrased. Yes. So the British Columbia, uh, this poll that you're mentioning, uh, it came out earlier this spring, and uh, it only had two options for people to vote: either to continue the time change, or to end the time change and remain on permanent daylight saving time. So there was no option for people to vote for permanent standard time. And now the argument is constantly used that uh, people want uh, permanent daylight saving time because of this poll. So this poll was very successful. I think it was around 250,000 people that responded to this poll, and 93% were in favor of stopping the time change and voted for permanent daylight saving time. I'm criticizing that because we don't really know how many uh, British Columbians want daylight saving time versus standard time because we didn't give anybody the option to vote properly. That is that is also very interesting. So I'm going to take a, a call from Case in Caledon. So Case, you're saying here that you want daylight saving time, even when you hear all these arguments here? Yeah, yeah. I'm with uh, BC all the way. I think if you take the same vote in Ontario, you would probably get the same response with more people wanting daylight saving time permanently. Well, did, did you just hear the explanation that, yeah, that people I know. were... Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't buy that because I'm a nighthawk to start with. So uh, going to bed early for me doesn't work. I, I, can, I couldn't sleep anyway. So I go to bed very late and I get up later in the morning because I'm retired. So that, uh, the daylight aspect of it, while I'm exposed to it, doesn't make any difference. I just would like the extra time at night to do some work outside. Uh, and I think... Um, that's a pretty good argument. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't well, work early in the morning. <laughs> okay, well, maybe for you. Okay, Case, thanks for that. Okay, bye. Uh, so uh, we're starting to run out of time on this, and and Dr. Patricia Lake and Thomas. So, would it depend? I mean, some people are naturally early risers; other others are the opposite. Does it depend on which you are? Well, it definitely will be. We've been talking about averages across the whole population, but people are going to be individuals. Um, the research I do at York University looks at the genetics of circadian clocks. Now, we don't look at humans. We look at a simple organism, a fungus, because it's easy to work with. But our work and that of many other people in other organisms tells us the clock is genetic. It's made out of genes in their protein products that produce a timekeeping mechanism in a cell. And different people can have a different genetic uh, influence on their clocks. Some people are naturally larks. They want to wake up in the morning. Some people are naturally owls. They want to stay awake at night. So, of course, there are going to be individual differences. And the clock isn't a habit that you can break and reform. It's it's written in your genes. So those individuals who aren't like the average individual, they just have to find their own way to, to cope with what society is doing. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to add that particularly affected by daylight saving time are a night out because they now have to get up a whole hour earlier. So it's, it's actually night out that are most at a disadvantage with daylight saving time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's a, a, a good explanation. We're out of time on this. This has really been interesting. Uh, People, if I couldn't get to your calls, remember Free For All Friday is coming up and we can take this up again. And in the meantime, thank you so much, Dr. Patricia Lakin-Thomas and Miriam Judah.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.